there first tonight. We are hearing from the mother of a Springfield man who was killed by federal agents. 25-year-old Caleb Slay died in his front yard after a shooting involving the Drug Enforcement Administration. Caleb's mother says he was a victim and his death was senseless. You are now listening to the best show in the universe, The Anthony Rogers Show. You probably wish that this was your show, but it's not. It's The Anthony Rogers Show. Tell all of your friends to listen to this show. Uh, welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Um, today we have uh, a crazy story uh, that someone reached out to me and told me, uh, and I felt like I had to take this up. Um, uh, Tina Slay Richardson, um, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you today? I'm uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so you, when did this? Uh, so basically, your son, like for the. I don't want to get sued or I don't, and also I don't want to, uh, and I also don't want to like, just like say fucked up shit, but like basically, basically to sum it up, like your, your son was shot by an officer. My son was, was executed by two special DEA agents sworn in through the St. Louis office, but work here at a joint task force with the Springfield, Missouri police department. That's and crazy. He was, so he, he was, was mistaken. Executed, yeah. He was executed in his front yard. That's crazy. So what, what exactly happened? Like, like, uh, like if that's not too crazy of a fucking question to ask you. Like. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, what I'm going to give you are facts. These are not my opinions. These are the facts based on eyewitness statements and the police report itself. So on November 2nd, 2020, uh, John, special agent John Stewart was sitting in the office and he was called by special agent Mittag to come help him surveil a black SUV in Springfield. And they were bobbing and weaving in traffic. So John Stewart and Tony Gasparoni uh, both got into two separate vehicles and went to help Mittag. They could not keep up with this SUV, so they gathered at a Walmart neighborhood market located at the corner of Campbell and Grant Street. While they were there talking, Stewart claims to have seen a hand-to-hand -hand drug deal by a gentleman that walked up to a red Pontiac G6 that was clear across the parking lot, past an alleyway, in some apartment complexes that he says, quote-unquote, is known for drug activity. So he and Stewart decided to pursue this red Pontiac G6. It went north about two to three miles when they caught up to it. It was empty. The driver was out of the vehicle. So they went back to the marketplace and Stuart in his own black caravan parked kind of by these apartments where he could look at this apartment and he noticed a Ford F-150. And I'm very sorry, this is long, but it's really no. super important. Oh, is, uh, I know. It, he located a Ford F-150 that had U-Haul wrapped all the way around it. So it was a rented pickup truck. So he noticed this gentleman sitting in this U-Haul pickup truck. The gentleman gets out, goes over to this quote-unquote apartment that's known for drug activity and knocks on the door. No one answers. The guy goes back to the pickup truck. By the way, his name is Casey Ray. So we'll just call him who he is. A few minutes go by. Casey Ray gets back out of the car, goes back over to the apartment and knocks on the door. Now, here's where Stuart and Gasparoni's own statements 
differ. Stewart says, Gasp or Stewart says Casey Ray stood in the doorway for a few minutes. Gasparoni says Casey Ray went into the apartment and was gone. So when Casey Ray came, allegedly came back out or turned around, he got back in his truck and they decided in two separate vehicles, a black Dodge Grand Caravan and a gray Dodge Journey to follow him. Casey Ray noticed he was being followed and he turned onto Maryland Avenue and he pulled over. And at that time, John Stewart pulled in behind him and Gasparoni was coming around making a loop, coming from the south, coming back toward the north on Maryland Avenue. My son and his friend were located in a vehicle parked outside of his house on Maryland Avenue. They had no idea what was going on. My son had just been dropped off. His phone was dead. He was using his friend's phone to make a phone call. They decided to go into my son's house. They were walking across the lawn when Tony Gasparoni pulls up and screams at them. Hey man, where are you going? I need you to come back. And my son not turning around, not seeing anything because these are two plainclothes officers. They are not dressed in any uniform. They had no lights. They had no indication that they were law enforcement. So without turning around, my son says, I'm going in my effing house. Gasparoni says, I need you to come back here, man. I need to talk to you. So my son turned around and he came back. Now my son had worked eight years at Zan nightclub downtown as head of security, stood in front of Mr. Gasparoni at an Addy stance with his hands behind his back. And Gasparoni says, dude, I need you to put your hands in front. I don't know if you have a gun. And Caleb put his hands forward, wrists together, just like this, and said, as a matter of fact, sir, I legally carry a gun. And Gasparoni panicked and he screams, John, gun, gun, gun. Stuart runs over and tackles Caleb from the left side and they fall backward. Caleb is turning around, trying to get up off of Stuart's lower legs. And Gasparoni walks up and says, move, I'm going to shoot you and kill you, motherfucker. Puts the gun to Caleb's head and pulls the trigger twice and shot my son at point blank range while he was still on his knees. They handcuffed him, rolled him to his side, took his gun and his holster off of his body from his right front hip. It was still on his body. He had never touched it and walked away. Gasparoni jumped into his SUV and pulled out of the neighborhood flying. Um, the neighbor kid next door witnessed the whole thing and took a couple of pictures as police were arriving on the scene because the neighbors across the street witnessed the whole incident, heard everything. Caleb never raised his voice. He was never told who they were. He was never given directions. And this has been ruled justified by the Springfield Police Department and by the prosecuting attorney, Dan Patterson. That's crazy. So, like, they did they mistook your son for somebody else, basically? Is that, is that the story is or something? No, they were following There's... Casey Ray. Okay. Casey Ray, who has no direct contact, even in the police report, they could not find a connection between my son and Casey Ray. <sighs> Casey Ray just happened to be pulled over halfway in front of the neighbor's house, but which is right next door to my son's. It's crazy. My man. son's only crime was going across his front yard into his house and legally carrying a gun. No criminal history, no criminal record, no warrants for his arrest. That's it, crazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to your family and shit. That's crazy. Like, he was going to college in the spring. 
to get a degree in criminology to become a police officer. That's crazy. That's the irony of all of this. Yeah, that's so weird. So when, when did this happen? November the 2nd, 2020. 2020, that's super recent. That's crazy. And uh, this is in, off Maryland in like Springfield, you said? Springfield, Missouri, yes. That's crazy. Okay, so that's... I'm sorry. That's fucking crazy that you have to deal with that. And like, when Mary told me that, I was just like, I, I definitely have to let this person talk about this because like, it's just crazy like to think about. Like, I'd want it somebody to do that for worse. me. It gets worse. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. They provided no medical assistance to my son, and when EMS arrived on the scene, my son is handcuffed, laying on his stomach. Excuse me. Oh, they found a pulse on my son. And nobody provided him any medical attention less than two streets over from Mercy Hospital. And they did not put him on a stretcher and transport him. They left him there. And a Mercy doctor pronounced him dead 10 minutes later over the phone. Damn, that's fucked up. My son was an organ donor. His life mattered and he could have saved somebody else's life. And I was on scene at this point because the neighbors had called us. And Mercy EMS did an illegal blood draw, or so they claim, on my son for blood exposure, even though nobody attempted medical treatment. It's crazy. They're just hoping he's on drugs to justify it, like probably. They're like, I have a feeling this. he was injected with drugs, which is why Gasparoni left the scene so fast. Oh, he's injected with drugs, you think? That I, I do believe so, because the toxicology report shows so much meth in my son's system. Meth, yeah, that's weird, too. He should have been overdosing yeah. by the amount of meth in his system. That's crazy. It is absolutely insane. And and this guy's linked to other murders, correct, too? Like, like six other murders so, or something? No, so Tony Gasparoni is from Maryland Heights, Missouri, was involved in an officer-involved shooting in Maryland Heights before he joined the DEA task force. Okay. And there is a very real possibility. We had another, sh- we had another officer-involved shooting May 18th at the Springfield Come and Go here in Springfield. And I'll be damned, sorry for the language, but I'll be damned if that gray Dodge journey wasn't on scene and a citizen recorded it this time. And there is also a very real possibility that video exists of this shooting because my son had cameras and it's it's locked on his cell phone. His cell phone is a Samsung S9 with a pattern lock on it and I can't access it. And Springfield claims they didn't access it. But the Springfield Police Department did not interview all of the eyewitnesses. They made very little effort to investigate this before handing it over to the prosecuting attorney who teaches at the police academy, by the way, on language and terminology to use when you shoot a suspect so you're not charged with murder. Holy shit, that's crazy. It is, it is absolutely crazy. And what's even worse, they failed to secure his house. Two more guns are missing. Uh, Another laptop computer is missing, and it shows that the laptop and the Mossberg shotgun somehow made it to the property room at Springfield Police Department, but they lost it. And the Mossberg was pawned December 21st of 2020 at Loftus Jewelry on Kearney. 
and the Springfield Police Department, under the guidance of Chief Paul Williams, told me they will do they will not investigate this. Just take the city to court and sue them for the Mossberg. Huh. That's and I have and I have that recorded on my Facebook page. So, so my question, my question is, is what the hell do we pay pay the police to do if they won't investigate? Yeah, especially their own. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just like if you and your friends were like in a job or something like that, and one of them fucked up or something like that, they're all covering for each other. I, I could see every. I mean, fucking, that's crazy. That's so crazy. So they, the, he just heard like so the officer basically just heard gone and freaked out pretty much like and went to like. Correct. That's crazy. That's fucking that's so fucked up. Like when major crimes or the violent crime division got on scene, they were told by, and this is in the police report noted in two different officers statements that they were told by superiors in the Springfield police department that they would not be processing any evidence from the DEA agents. So the only person tested for drugs was Caleb. The only person tested for gunshot residue was Caleb. That's crazy. So, so what first, do you, you even do in a situation like this? Like, what, what have you done so far and stuff? Like, this is like. So I, I hired an attorney the very next morning. And the reason I did is because when Detective Kelly Patton looked me in the eye in front of multiple witnesses, including news media, and they could hear him, by the way, there were two different media personnel there. And he said, well, you know, if we can't get into Caleb's cell phone, we're going to have to destroy it. And I don't care what kind of police tactic that was. I knew that's illegal. I pulled out a chair. I sat down and I listened and I watched everything those officers did. So I called, it was election day, crazy day in this country. I called every attorney I could think of. And I finally got a hold of Craig Lowther at about 8.45 in the morning. And he said, I don't have anything available to see you until Thursday. And when I told him that a detective with the Springfield Police Department told me he was going to destroy evidence, Craig said, can you be here by 10? So by 10 a.m. I had hired a law firm. And I didn't just hire one lawyer, I hired two. That's crazy. So, so are you suing the city of Springfield, I guess, or? I, at this point, I'm not really sure. Um, we have had to fight tooth and nail for um, FOIAs. Um, the city, the Springfield Police Department was 60 days out before I finally filed a complaint with the Attorney General's Office of the State of Missouri. Um, I've asked the Attorney General's Office to to take this case over and to look at this case because there is John Stewart worked for the police department for Springfield for 11 years before being sworn in. So SPD is investigating their own. These two officers are task force members, which work directly with and have offices at the Springfield police department. They should have never investigated this case at all. Not one bit. So then you get the political passing the buck. And if it wasn't for the fact that history is my minor in college, I probably wouldn't know much about the Constitution and how it works. The Attorney General cannot investigate this case unless Springfield Police Department hands it over to him. Springfield Police Department is not an elected department. The Greene County Sheriff has ultimate authority. It's his county. The Governor of the State of Missouri, Mike Parson, has the ultimate authority. Mike Parson says, 
oh, my hands are tied. I can't, I don't, I can't do anything about it. And he's lying because he can. He can have and point, appoint uh, Eric Schmidt, our attorney general, to do special investigations and to look at this case. But everybody wants to pass the buck. Nobody wants to go against the police. And I'm here to tell you, I support law enforcement. I do not support corrupt law enforcement. And it is the worst at this point. Yeah, it sounds like it's crazy. And it's just a f really fucked up situation. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, you know, it's just like a really, like the whole thing's really fucked up. And, and the job title doesn't matter as much as like just somebody getting shot for no reason. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it could be a dentist that did this and it'd be fucked up. You know, it's like, it, it's just like, a, it just like doesn't make much sense. And I don't know, man, people, people make mistakes, but the, the, the loss of somebody's life, I think there's like something to be done about that. I think, you know, there should be more scrutiny when it's an officer involved shooting. And if you have any whiff of impropriety, an outside agency should investigate. The fact that John Stewart was a former SPD officer for 11 years before 11 years being with the task force should have immediately disqualified them from investigating, period. The Green County prosecuting attorney should have recused himself because it involves agents and agencies that he works with closely, period. But I'm a taxpayer in Springfield. I shouldn't have to sue myself to get my son's Mossberg back. I don't want the value of the Mossberg. I want the gun. I want it returned. It has sentimental value. Right. It's, it's not a lot of the world's changed about like just pissed off moms, you know. I'm on a one-woman mission. <laughs> um, Caleb doesn't fit anybody's narrative. He doesn't fit anybody's political agenda. And he shouldn't have to. It's if it doesn't touch the people in Springfield personally, doesn't invade their bubble, they don't care. They should care. Well, I think it's hard for somebody to think about. Like, um, I think I think it's hard for you to be in this situation. Hard for people to think about it. Like, it's hard, like people have to admit that this happened to themselves and like all these. It's just a hard. People live in like delusion because like reality is hard, you know. Especially in like extreme situations like this. I think people, it's, it's easier for people to just like sit on the sideline and like, um, just like, uh, I don't know, like deny it happened even just, just in their own mind for their own well being. But like when you see your son die, I mean, I think that's a lot different. <laughs> like for, that's why it has like people like you, like, like telling you a story and stuff. And when I heard that story immediately. I felt like I had to like, what do you say it or something? But it's just totally fucked up. Like I, I just kind of at a loss of words, like about, about, about your story. It's just fucked up. I mean, you know, it's just like, that's fucking crazy really. It is crazy. It's, it's, it's insanity. And it's not like this department hasn't gotten in trouble before because this department, along with the chief, who, by the way, sits on the Peace Officer Safety Training Board of Directors, which is the ultimate decision whether an officer in the state of Missouri can keep their license to be an officer. He also sits on the Board of Directors uh, for the International Association of Police Chiefs out of Washington, D.C. He's head of internal affairs. He's, he's responsible for appointing people to the Citizens Police Review Board, and he gets to decide what cases they see. So since their inception in 2011, they've only reviewed one case. But this chief, under his tutelage, um, has gotten in trouble in 2018. CNN came to Springfield and exposed that there were hundreds of thousands of untested rape kits 
and rape kits being destroyed, evidence being destroyed in less than 30 days of being reported. And it took that spotlight for things to change. They just finished testing those rape kits last quarter in 2021. Finally. It's crazy. So they get federal tax grants for having this task force, yet my sister, who spent 20 years as being a city administrator, has gone through the city council uh, budgets and reporting and minutes and cannot find where this money came into and how it's being spent. We can't find any indication that city council voted to have this joint task force with the DEA. And again, remember, the chief of police is hired by the city council of Springfield, Missouri. But nobody questions him. They think he's doing a great job. Springfield is number five on the most deadliest cities in the United States per capita. Damn, I didn't we're know that. As, we're known as Little Chicago. Damn, I didn't know that. It's ridiculous. And the chief goes to city council about a month ago because all law enforcement agencies by the end of 2021 are supposed to be compliant with the FBI data reporting on crime statistics. And he says, oh, look, we're ahead of schedule. But on this report, to be compliant, you also have to include officer-involved shootings. And there's so many categories that would have included this shooting. And guess what? The chief of police did not include any officer-involved shootings in this report. Therefore, he's not compliant. They're also not compliant with the federal mandate of the Brady List, which is any complaint brought by a citizen against an officer. Damn, man, it sounds like you're doing your homework and like you're going to figure out some, like some kind of justice. Like, you know, and, like, I think like angry moms tend to do that. And I think that, um, I don't know, is there anything anyone listening could do to help, uh, like more or less? Uh, share this, pass it on. Um, the more people that know, the better. You can go to www.justice, the number four, caleb.com. It's my blog. There's pictures. There's phone numbers for my state, local officials, including Dan Patterson, who's the prosecuting attorney, Eric Schmidt, the governor. It also has Senator Roy Blunt. Um, I can tell you the only politician that's given a damn, like him or not, has been Josh Hawley. I like Hawley a lot. Holly is the only one. Now, I have not personally talked to him, but his staff. I have talked to his staff. I kept them updated. They call me. I don't have to call them. They call me. And let me tell you, if he could help me, he would. And I know his hands are tied. I absolutely understand that. But you guys are going to start seeing me. I'm just starting to make a lot of noise. Yeah, that episode was kind of dark. So if you want to cheer up, go to the selfie room downtown St. Louis Wash Ave and have a photo shoot with you and your friends. Do it. Link in the description.